0: Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership, to level up their business, and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business topics, trends, innovation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus, and we enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, we meet a CRM business leader and business mentor who has almost two decades experience in implementing and improving Salesforce CRM systems and marketing tools, amongst other things. He has worked across diverse industries ranging from retail to telecoms, and he's very passionate about digital marketing. And when he's not involved in major projects, he's often helping London-based, not-for-profit organizations to maximize the use of their CRM systems. We're joined by Gulshan Belut, Chief Operating and Technology Officer at Simplicity, and today we'll learn about his journey and trends in the areas of sales and marketing, the technologies that enable enable this, and so forth. Welcome, Gulshan. How are you doing this afternoon?
1: Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on your platform, Stephen. Uh, pleasure. Uh, pleasure to be here. Uh, doing great. Uh, it's amazing times to do to be in business. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to, to your podcast today. Wonderful question.
0: Where are you based? Tell us. Tell us where you're based in the UK. Um,
1: currently, I'm in the northwest of London, not too far from Wembley Stadium, uh, with a view of Wembley Stadium as well. So that's quite handy uh, if you, there's any matches around. Uh, but I'm born and bred in Mauritius, so uh, I spent a lot of time in the UK, that's where I spent most of my time in the UK, uh, but because I have a team in Mauritius, I tend to travel back and forth uh, to Mauritius every couple of months. Uh, just came back for four months month this time in Mauritius and uh, getting re- reacquainted to the London life uh, for a bit.
0: It is a beautiful place Mauritius, I've been to Port Louis and um, it's, it's it's such a beautiful place and so relaxing. Um, uh, I'd Indeed. love to travel and be there at least six months of my uh, six months of yeah. My year. <laughs> but be, be careful what you wish for because uh, even though I tend to be there yeah. a lot of times,
1: people think that I'm going there for work. Uh, but people, when I say I'm going there for work, people say yes, going there for work because it's such a beautiful country, right? Yeah. Most people will go there on holidays, but it's very frustrating. You're very close to the beach, but you're still in a in an air conditioned room you can see the beach side but you can't go there by the time you finish work it's already dark yeah. so yeah it kind of backfired on me to be honest this man so uh but just the weekend's probably i'll go to the beachside.
0: yeah wonderful yeah. you touched upon your uh your, your journey here but Goshen we're just we're keen to keen to hear about your personal journey here your personal and professional journey and how you've come about to where you are at now if you could briefly tell us that
1: absolutely um My journey is very, very different from most uh, uh, normal graduates who started their career. I grew up in Mauritius, uh, so my first couple of jobs were in Mauritius. I started in in sales, really, in Mauritius. Uh, Even though I had a bit of a technical background, I liked to to study computing, computer sciences, playing around with a lot of technology uh, back in those days. Uh, Did a lot of programming at using Pascal, Cobol, those are dead languages these days. But even though I'm quite young, but in Mauritius, this is the only technology you get exposed to because really, back in those days, we're still quite backwards in technology. Uh, was pulling around many, uh, in many of those uh, technologies, but also going involved into entertainment business. So I was uh, at a radio station for a bit uh, in Mauritius. So I had my own radio show, uh, uh, part our j DJ uh, in Mauritius. Did a lot of uh, kind of ventured in TV as well, and uh, and and then did kind of live shows and entertainment uh, for for many events. So that's how I started. Even though I'm a technical guy, uh, for some reason going to sales, have some technical ability, but uh, my my really my real passion was entertainment. business. so all the creative bit. I uh, was in advertising as well for for some time. But as you probably all know, it doesn't sustain you, right? Uh, my parents said to me, "You know, you, <laughs> you need to get yourself a job. You have to be more serious." So I decided to come to London for studies uh, and uh, studied computing and multimedia computing, which of creativity as well as computing uh, parts to it. Uh, randomly, had a CRM uh, module in that uh, in my last year of uni. Uh, didn't realise that w- that w- will have been the turning point or was the turning point of my life. We, we went to interview Coughlin Warehouse in those days just to see how the CRM system uh, did the whole project around it. Uh, we that- still without realising the impact of the CRM, so we just went there as a- as a project. Uh, I left uni. Uh, I was uh, I had a temp job in uh, in a company called True Phone. Uh, and uh, my main job was actually just, it was a temp job. So it was placing SIM cards and phones and shipping it out. Uh, it, was, it was quite boring to do that type of job. Uh, so I was a bit vocal about my frustration uh, and then got called into the director's office. Um, and at that time I thought I was gonna get fired, but he he ended up telling me about CRM that they have a, something called Salesforce. Uh, if you're you know, IT, bring your CV tomorrow, we'll have a look and my CV says CRM in there because I did a CRM project at uh, uni and that was uh, quite attractive. Um, he asked me to learn this CRM. If you, have, if you can learn the CRM within a couple of weeks, I'll give you a job, a proper job. Uh, so in those days, Salesforce was still kind of maturing. So they didn't have the right courses. Uh, it was just all online uh, help files to train yourself on. And again, be grateful for Google. There's so much available material. Read all the help articles, the help files, wherever I could get my hands on, and told them, uh, told the directors, you know, I can, I can maintain your Salesforce. Just give me a job. Um, and the second week, I deleted the whole database. <laughs> the whole production vanished. <laughs> uh, so people were sitting freaking out on the on the floor. But I've ended up, again, I didn't know because it was such a enterprise level tool, and mm-hmm. it was my first proper job in IT, uh, I didn't realize there was an undo button in the recycle bin somewhere. So after many, many hours of freaking out, I managed to kind of restore the database. So that's, so you learn by, you learn by your mistakes very quickly. Uh, and that, that was my career. So since then, I, uh, I started as a sales, sales administrator, did a lot of sales operations job, uh, moved into uh, business analysis uh, when I started working at Groupon. Uh, it was one of the fastest growing company uh, at the time. Uh, we started a lot of process redesigning, setting up the optimizing the call center, uh, decided that I think I've learned enough in terms of the technical things I needed to do more because uh, group in those days was still a startup. So I couldn't learn as, as, as much. It was me doing all the learning by myself. So I ended up with uh, uh, leading uh, uh, a project at a company called Active Trades was trading platform, uh, even though it has a very small team in Active Trades. We did some amazing projects connecting trading platform to Salesforce uh, and optimizing the again the business processes through through the whole uh, uh, through the whole business uh, as well as the marketing automation side. Uh, got bored again. So again I mean I'm quite an ambitious person so I need to be I need to do something new. So I went into consulting. So Accenture uh, headhunted me in Got my job in consulting this time and had no idea what cap consulting works because I've never done that before. I was always on the end user side, which means on the client side. Uh, yeah, again, Accenture hires uh, was hiring a lot of people, and I was the experienced one, so got in because of the knowledge of Salesforce. Uh, day number one, you fly around to Paris to deliver a piece of work. You have no idea what to do about. So again, learning by learning fast, learning by by mistake, uh, but then survive. So probably close to five years there uh, before I started Simplicity uh, which uh, and you mentioned earlier about my uh, my interest in uh, in charities and when I've my last year at at Accenture I decided to take a sabbatical for seven months to do charity work really enjoyed it but also uh, realized all the money that I had all these savings all gone because it was seven months of non-paid sabbatical uh, I ran out of money myself so I had to go back to Accenture to, to get the job but in the end I decided to pull out and say Do you know I think I'll make that a career so because the the charity themselves decided to pay me given though I was doing a lot of uh, free work for them they said no no I don't want you to be homeless uh, so we'll, we'll pay you just just uh, set up a, an entity we'll pay you through it which became simplicity And to your question earlier, when we started the conversation earlier, why there's no I in simplicity, there's no magic behind it. It's just I needed an entity. Simplicity was not available with S-I-M. So I said, you know what? I didn't realize it was going to be a business. I thought it was just going to be one client. So we got the best, the easiest domain we could get our hands on, which was dot C O, And then I said five years later, I'm still doing exact same thing, but not only with charities now. I do back, back on the enterprise side, uh, I work with our startups, uh, financial institutions, banks, where I, I help them uh, optimize what we call the lead-to-cash process in their business, help them uh, cross-sell and upsell more using Salesforce technologies. So yeah, this is hopefully a very small snapshot. I mean, I can, yeah. we can go hours about it in, in the, the various single details of my life, but... This is this is where we are today.
0: Yeah, Christian, that that is that is amazing. Uh, your journey and how you've described, I mean, even coming to the UK, but also uh, you know, there's some things that we share in common. For Accenture, for example, I've worked in Accenture, and I know how they operate as well as a consulting firm. And uh, uh, but uh, clearly, there's been some learnings there too. But um, I'm also quite amazed as to how you. Um, you know, diversify to charities, but also how you, you know, transformed into becoming an entrepreneur and starting your own business. So I'm keen to hear a little bit more about the work that you do with the types of companies you mentioned about startups, midsize and so forth. How with, with the solutions that you offer as a product or solution or CRM enabled solutions, do you go there with a systems mind or technology mind, or do you actually go and understand where the problems are with that company and then kind of uplift their marketing function or their entire value chain? Just enlighten us, please.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah happy to. Um, I'm a very technical guy, so that's core. Cool. I mean, as, as my, my real trade is solution architecture. Uh, where well, I design large scale solutions for, for very large clients. But um, I mean, this is something I've learned through, through the career and also kind of it's kind of solidified more when I was working at Accenture is always asking you the why, why are you doing this? So we are a Salesforce partner. Uh, we've been the Salesforce partner for five years. So we only specialize in one product, which is Salesforce uh, because we know the international Salesforce, a lot of demand in there. We understand the features of Salesforce. We understand the limitations, the capability and what's coming up in Salesforce. We've done that, um, personally we've done that for the last 13 years. Um, So we understand the technology. But when it comes to clients and most people will approach, uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of companies in the Salesforce ecosystem will approach, okay, tell me what you need um, and then we'll build it for you. But that's the wrong question. Tell me why you need this should be the first question. A lot of people just think, okay, uh, building this part will solve your problem, but no, you're probably treating the symptoms, you're not treating the causes. So we want to understand the causes. And, and, and the whole team that we've built around uh, ourselves is, even though they're technical people, but they've been trained to ask the why. Because sometimes it's not the technology it, which is the problem. Sometimes the, the, the business process is the problem, or the people themselves are the problem so we need to figure out why uh, they're asking for this and as you probably know this whole framework about the asking the five whys you will get to, yeah. to somewhere so in everyone's train that like this ask again and again and until you reach a point where you really understand why they're actually doing this so we have a very problem-solving mindset so everyone here we like to solve problems so once we ask the why a lot of the time you realize okay it's not the technology i mean maybe you you want to get Distracted or excited about certain features in Salesforce uh, or in the, in what's happening in technology in the world, but you forget the why. So we bring the clients uh, thinking a bit, a bit, a bit higher, a bit the bigger picture of why you want to do this. We understand where the problems are business-wise, right? We normally would do. First of all, we do a discovery with with clients where we understand the the, the business problems the understand the metrics a little bit, what, is, what are they measuring? And what, what, what's the key blockers there, right? Because it might not be uh, the blocker they, they're telling us might not be the real blocker. So we ask again. Uh, we we normally do a lot of business uh, process baselining from the top to understand how the business is working now and where they want to be, right? Without even talking about technology. We haven't even talked about technologies so, so far. Once we have that, then we understand. okay, this is where they're trying to get to. Now we can get our team in to say, okay, okay, what are the features we can potentially leverage in in this technology to optimize the process? And again, what we are specializing is lead to cash. So picking a company, picking a visit on your website, how do you convert that visit to your website into an inquiry and how you take that inquiry to your sales process? You could have many inquiries, right? How do you optimize those inquiries so you know who to target uh, at what point in time? Mm. And then again, then we'll leverage Salesforce technologies, the AI, uh, the, the behavior tracking, to be able to accelerate that. Once it goes into your pipeline, how do you sell faster to those customers? And we use technology like CPQ, which is configure, pricing, quote, to allow sales, uh, sales, sales executives, uh, sales managers to create contracts or quotes very, very quickly, especially for low volume, uh, sorry, high volume um, customers, they need they need that quick efficiency. So we help them on that. And once you get a sale, again, this job is not done. It's, just, it's easier to retain your customer than getting new customers. So you create a whole experience around that customer uh, using other features of Salesforce community or Experience Cloud, where you give, you, you control uh, the experience where customers can come online, uh, request for new products, request for new service. You control the experience there, and and it gives you all this insight from the customer. Where you can upsell and cross sell to them. Um, and then the last bit is servicing the customer. So great, you've you've sold. How do you service those customers? You need a bit contact center. Some people have contact centers, or uh, or service centers. They have inquiries. Now you can have a bulk of enquiries coming in and there's so much out, there's so much enquiries every day. How do you optimise where your people need to spend their time on, especially during like e-commerce platform, especially during Christmas time, it gets busy. How do you prioritise? And how do you use automation and 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 machine learning and uh, or AI or sentiment analysis, for example, on calls, where you can actually sense the tone of the person who's speaking with you whether they're angry or not angry and then divert the call to the right person just using that uh, those, those analytics yeah. and then so you can tackle bigger issues faster and the one that can be the, all the basic ones you can provide self-service as an example so i mean these all these things we do so we only, i've only talked about the business side but we understand the business side and then we look at the technology in Salesforce, what features we can enable. And sometimes we have just need to prioritize cost versus feature, uh, or whether customization versus configuration, do we build, do we, do we stretch it? Again, you're purchasing a platform because you have the speed of delivery rather than having to configure everything by, from scratch. And that's what customers buy for. But a lot of people would tend to buy the software and then stretch it, customize it completely that it isn't, the, cost, the the product is not relevant anymore. Yeah. So we bring that customer back to that focus of why you bought, purchased that product, which is Salesforce.
0: Yeah, and Goshen, that's, that's very interesting. So your conversations with businesses, do you, you know, you, you mentioned you start with the why and you ask those questions. Do you make that self-investment initially with the business to enable that discovery Or do you actually get into that arrangement with with a business to conduct that discovery, whether it's for a week or six weeks or eight weeks, whatever it is, timeline that you might have to understand the business problems before actually delving into what might be a proper solution for them? Do you make that investment yourself or do you actually come to an arrangement with the company at the the onset?
1: It it varies on the client size and uh, the project uh, impact as well some projects are very complex that we need to put a lot more effort in but we all always been in, in bringing value for us i mean every every i mean it sounds like a, a I sound like a broken record because people always say yeah deliver value deliver but, but what does it mean deliver value between the customer and the supplier so which is simplicity and the and the client there they're buying something that you can't see they can they're only buying a future uh, benefit. Now, I understand that it's a psychological thing, right? They don't know what they're buying. So you need to find a way to lower the barrier for them to make a decision whether it's you or not. So a lot of time we will do, uh, probably sometimes a couple of days or sometimes can do up to two weeks of discovery where we offer that as I know, from our own investment to understand the ballpark of the project, the complexities of the project. So we can have some idea of how much it might cost in terms of time uh, or money. And then we can tell them right at the spot whether this is a project, whether how how big the resourcing would have to be. So at least it gives them a bit of idea how to plan forward. And for us as well, uh, we are small business. Uh, so it, it kind of gives us a bit of, of, uh, of insight whether we want to take this project ourselves because some projects people t- like to take all projects, but then they fail at delivering those projects. So we like to maintain our success rate, and if we can't deliver the project, we'll have to tell a customer or we can't, or we'll find ways to deliver the project with other people who can merge their effort with us to deliver this. But all depends on, on the complexity. Uh, this is the most this is the most common scenarios, uh, but it it does happen where this can go into an extended discovery where the client will invest as well or we go on the spot this is a top project but we need both time we can give you a discount for the first uh, for the first discovery so this is how we proceed um, so at least it's a win win situation from both customer and, uh, and us yeah. again this is how we provide value so we buy by earning their trust and then they're giving us their time and then hopefully if we deliver the good work we get the next piece of work so we don't need to sell we just need to solve the problem
0: yeah and that's that's a big thing just how you summarize it. you want to solve the problems and it depends on the nature of the business on the type of issues that they have with challenges that they have what the vision is and so forth and that's a very good mindset to have when you're actually approaching business as opposed to just shoving down a, pro- uh, a, a product or a or a, or, or a technology you start absolutely with some initial basics yeah all right so um you've you've been an entrepreneur you know you've worked in companies you know delivering projects but also an entrepreneur now with simplicity what is an experience or a story that you can share that comes to mind from your time working in companies larger companies or maybe even as a, as a leader within simplicity where You've you know you've achieved a highly positive outcome from a leadership perspective. Well,
1: um, very good question. I mean, there's there's many where I failed, which we can spend days talking about the failures, but the failures led to my success and led to building uh, the the leader I am today. Um, I mean, we've been running this company for uh, close to six years now. We had a major problem, leadership problem, uh, some time ago, just towards the end of uh, last year, uh, slightly before last year actually, where I was not confident about myself, whether I can take this business forward. I'm very young still, had many failures. I've got so much to learn. And I felt I didn't have all the skills required to run the business. So I decided to to change, to change uh, the path and said okay I'll, I'll take a different role so someone else can run the business but again I think that was one, one of the key mistakes I've done is if you're in the entrepreneur you know your business you build this from scratch you understand what it takes to run this you understand your people you understand yourself and uh, again for me I've kind of lost that confidence I mean this whole thing about having this uh, imposter syndrome for me I was fighting that every day uh, whether I have what it takes. And I'm this little guy from Mauritius. I mean, give me uh, uh, give me something, I'll, I'll fish, I'll swim, I can catch stuff, I can catch coconut if you want. But this is a leading a business where people depend, their life depends on me. So I had a lot of, uh, went through a lot of mental health issues and depression and whatnot, because it was time where I was nearly losing the business. It was not doing very well. Uh, but I was, I'm so grateful the team, even though they saw the ship nearly sinking, no one left. Every single person basically stood by my side. They knew what was happening uh, in some shape or form. They said, Colson, don't worry, we have you back. Don't worry, whatever it takes, until the company close down, we're still going to be around. And uh, that gave me a lot of, uh, a lot of confidence that I might not be a great businessman. I'm still young, I have a lot to learn. But what what I was really proud of that time at that moment was, wow, I built a great culture of support network around me. And even though in desperate times where people might flee, we stuck together. We said, you know what, let's do something. Let me help you out. And it's always good to say, you know what? Uh, Even though you're a leader, you're also vulnerable. And sometimes a lot of people think they have to hide that. For me, I've decided to let let go, I'll share that with the people. And if, by doing that, I've just got more support. I could have not shared anything and maybe I would have dragged everyone down. I was open about it and people was just, were just there. They were there with me and they're still there with me today. Um, again, I'm grateful about the culture we built. I think that's a key achievement I can say to myself, whatever happens in the future. I built a great company culture, and a lot of people struggle to do that because they only focus either on money or focus on growth. I focus a hundred percent. Treat people as you want to be treated, and this is what we built. And today, I don't have problems because I'm not saying I don't have uh, problems. I have all well, problems I have to solve every day, but those big issues is gone. I have the support of my team. Um, I've always believed that if you, once you become a leader, you don't, you don't, uh, your people don't work for you anymore. You work for them. So you need to give them what they need for them to be successful, and that's a lot of sacrifice. You don't understand the, the the why you want to be a leader. And then last year, I just, I've understood why I wanted to be one because I, I was passionate about people and I want people to succeed. I've got that that thing in me that you know you have to be better than me. You have to become better than me. And by doing that, I've created that culture of people trying to help other people to, to make themselves better, to, to kind of uplift them. And yeah, and this is, this is the proudest moment I could, I could, I could say. And still up to today. I, mean, I had calls this morning and people tell me the truth about certain things. Happy uh, that they tell me that the issues as well. We don't blame them, we learn from their failures, but they, it's an open platform where people don't feel um, scared or fear or fearful of telling that they've made a mistake.
0: Yeah, and that, that's the that's the essence of transformational leadership, and recognizing and becoming self-aware, as you just described, and demonstrating that vulnerability has made you connect with your team. So let me ask you, Gulshan, have you grown your team? Have they grown with you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I've grown the team
1: in size first of all, because. I don't do the hiring as much now. The team does that. They understand the captain's intent. Um, But we also have what we call the kind of battle, battle grand promotions, uh, where during the tough times, those people stepped up and we gave them the promotion on on, on that time because they stepped up. So they personally grew because they were were given the opportunity to grow. Um, And today, if I didn't do that, um, uh, I would have not been in the position where uh, where now I'm planning to grow more. Yeah. yeah. So now we went from probably close to negative to a very, very positive cash flow uh, over the last literally two quarters, two, three quarters. And now we're going, now we're going crazy on recruitment. We want to grow. We, we have all the confidence. We have the best team. Now it's, it's about how do we replicate ourselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful, Glushan. And what are the important topics or trends these days on your mind that you feel impact business or you know your teams your company uh, leaders you know you 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 are obviously in a growth stage as well within simplicity so um, you know as a business what are some of those trends and topics um, that that you feel are, are are important and what's on your mind to actually address some of that uh, personally,
1: if I may do talk about the person, like the kind of business slash personal one is, is, is people. We, how do we create better people? Not better consultants, better uh, uh, IT guys and IT girls. How do we create better people? I think that's my key challenge. Because once you've well, solved that problem, how to create better people with the right attitude, then we can train for the skill sets. I think that's what I'm working on. I'm I'm working on various ways how to create those people, uh, which is why I'm in Mauritius. uh, I've been in Mauritius for the last couple of months, is to build those foundational uh, uh, kind of an academy type of, 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 uh, of, of branch. I'm trying to build an academy to train those people in the way that I think and my team thinks. Difficult to do but we're trying to, to make it happen. So, but also one thing is to think about is wherever you do, you always have to do it for a bigger purpose. And that's why we also give a lot to charities. We give close to 20% of time or, uh, or money to charity. It doesn't matter how good we're doing. We give that away. We've just been delivering a lot of charity products recently where we, we give them a lot. I mean, those are enterprise level projects which sometimes we give away for free. And we we need to have that purpose so we need to have people with purpose to to work with us that i think that's one of the key things but then on the technology side there's so many things happening uh, we want to go explore uh, more um, ai in 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 the business landscape and we talked about earlier the sentiment analysis uh, but we want to use ai how to uh, in in the in in the business to be able to upsell, cross-sell even faster. I mean, Salesforce, for example, already houses pre-built features. And also the analytics side of, the, of, the, uh, of, of Salesforce, which is called now Salesforce Einstein, it uses AI plus analytics, what we have to provide more, more insight about the business, forward thinking, and slicing and dicing data that they haven't thought of themselves because there's so much data have one client, they already exceed their, their data uh, every quarter because there are so much data they're consuming. No one is analyzing those data. Mm-hmm. I think that's my next challenge is how do we consume and analyze this data in context with the business? Because you can, there's so much data, but how do you make sense of them so we can move forward? Uh, but, but then we, we're exploring various features of, of Salesforce themselves uh, to do it. Uh, but yeah, but we we, we, we want to explore the world. We want to create more applications. That's what we're trying to do at Simplicity, uh, more Salesforce apps to solve small business problem. Because uh, I believe that's where you can buy a big big solution, but we believe in small solution, solving one problem at a time and overall becomes a big solution that solves all your problems, hopefully. And that's where we are now.
0: Yeah, people and technology. Very good. Wonderful. Okay. so. Gulshan, tell us, what does a day in, in the life of Gulshan look like?
1: Uh, uh, it, it, because I'm, uh, I'm the, the laziest hard worker in the world. I don't like to work. Uh, I'm, I'm a dyslexic person. I like, I'm the guy with the ideas. I like to kind of always figure out ideas, draw stuff. Uh, but being a business person and being a leader, you have to get more disciplined. So yeah, my day starts around about eight-ish, where we um, can. I'll, I'll just have a coffee, check my emails, uh, have a chat with my my personal assistant to see what's in the uh, what's in the calendar for today, uh, what what P1's activities that I need to work on. Um, I spend a lot of time with uh, my operational team, my managers, to see what were the key issues. Uh, but then the rest of the time is is uh, strategizing so now i'm in the in the plan mode where i'm planning i've already planned the quarter. i need to plan the next 12 months mm-hmm. and i've always had this in mind and when I've, i was listening to jeff bezos talking about how he manages this business i mean i can't compare myself to this this person but he's saying well this year is already planned he's planning for the next five years not this year it's like then when in the next five years, he's planning for the next 10 years and that's what i'm trying to do now uh, but yeah, it's But it's it's crazy sometimes. Uh, you start at eight, you finish uh, 10, 11 at night in, in, in a lot of times. But you, but I spend a lot of time talking to my clients as well. So always having chat with clients, okay, what do you, what you're planning to do? Um, rather than they have to tell me what, uh, like these are what I want to do. I'm already planning forward what I should tell them to do. And that's what I do pretty much every day.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. And um, anything for fun that you do uh, aside from uh, talking to clients and bringing life to them as well. Anything, 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 interesting that you do for yourself? I, you know, um, I, I got more from uh, from some, some guy who used to be doing
1: DJ. Uh, D, DJing is he's I've had a very boring life now. Yeah. I read. I read a lot. I enjoy reading. I enjoy learning about things. Uh, And I enjoy the business. I enjoy business itself, right? So I do- That's your your
0: passion, yeah. Yeah. The people side of things, yeah. And I keep keep
1: reading, I mean, that, again, I don't really have a hobby to be honest. People ask me, what do I like to do? I said, this is what I like to do. I get excited by it every day. But I don't know, uh, people have been asking me to start playing golf or pick a hobby. Again, it's a question mark at the moment. Should, this is another problem I need to figure out for the next couple of months. Yeah,
0: no, wonderful. Okay, we, we are coming to a close very shortly. And um, Gulshan, let me, let me ask you this. Share with us any closing message or a challenge to other leaders or teams or people like yourselves who are building businesses, who've got businesses, on any of those topics that you mentioned, whether it's leadership, any, any lessons that you wanna share, uh, any closing messages or challenges that you wanna put forward?
1: Yeah, there's plenty, but one key thing I've, I've always uh, wanted to share is let yourself be vulnerable. Don't hold back because I keep, when I was going through this stage or phase myself, I was researching how other people were doing it. Everyone was saying, well, hold back. You have to show a brave face. I'll say, be human. You're human at the end of the day. People look up to you if you're human. You're not Superman. That doesn't exist in the world. You're just someone who's just got a lot more responsibilities. So be open to your team members. Be more transparent with your team members. And believe in them, right? And allow them to fail, even though you know they might fail. Just control the level of failure, but by not allowing them to fail and always tell them what to do and not to fail, there's, you you telling you are not providing them enough platform to thrive on. Uh, you can tell them what to do all the time, but unless they experience that from themselves, they will not be able to uh, to do the best job. They have to learn by failure. They have to learn by mistake. We celebrate mistakes uh, every week when we have. Our uh, operation meeting, we celebrate what mistakes, what failures we did, how we learn from it. So yeah, I think everything I do is people. So I've got a big focus on people. And the next bit is wherever you do, I mean, always give back. Um, to be honest, I mean, it, for me, business-wise, it actually worked better because the more I gave back, the more business I've, I've received from it for some reason, because I get referred in quite a lot. Uh, but yeah, focus on your people. Your people will give the best to your customers.
0: Very good advice and challenge as well. Uh, thank you very much, Gulshin, for being with us today and sharing with Pleasure, us your story. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Really appreciate that. Wonderful. Okay, folks, thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode with another great leader who will be sharing his entrepreneurial journey that has sparked ambition amongst wannabe entrepreneurs in the Baltics. Uh, Watch out for that very shortly. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day.